The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and now in New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $10 to get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And next, we're brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game this weekend, plus a 100% deposit match at ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app that allows you to play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And finally, we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that allows you to bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com SGPN. And while you're downloading apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000. Download the SGPN app now, wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Mighty Mighty Sports Gambling Podcast Network, SGPN for Life. Episode 115, um, I'm going to dedicate it to Joe Rogan, um, because as far as I know, he hasn't done any other, he hasn't shot his career in the foot since we last recorded on Sunday, so I think that's a that's a positive. Things are on the up, up and up for him. I think he's had a couple of days where he hasn't said any horrible racially insensitive remark or talked about critical race theory or or told you to take horse tranquilizer or dewormer. So I, this goes out to Joe Rogan. Obviously, you've you've turned uh, the page, turned a new leaf. Is that the expression? Yeah. Something about a leaf. Anyhow, this goes out to you. Episode 115. <laughs> But don't worry, if you're listening to this podcast, don't worry. We we will uh like like I said last episode, this is a safe space for for all involved if you're into MMA, if you're into gambling. Prefer, preferably you're if you're into both, then this is basically your sweet spot right here. Um it's basically safe space for everyone, um, except my co hosts in laws who who uh <laughs> very frequently come under fire. Just like uh, doesn't take much provoking either, but we'll see what happens this this episode. So um before I introduce him, let's introduce me. My name is Jeff. I got a new nickname. What's my new nickname? Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear. That's my new nickname. Jeff Pooh Bear Fox. And I would be the host of this year podcast. Thanks for coming along for this fun-filled ride. Um, I also am an editor writer over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And I run MMA-Manifesto.com where you can get in on our UFC 271 Pick'em Contest if you head over there now. All right, let's, let's bring in this... Um, often mentioned co-host before I run off more people with my introductions. I would like to see the stats of how many people listen to my horrible introductions and, and decide this isn't the place for them and, and log off. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's in the, uh, it's, it's quite a, quite a high number, but anyhow, let's bring in my uh, co-host. 
Um, what can I tell you about him? I think he's probably the only man in the world who knows how many career home runs Shannon Stewart hit in the in the MLB. Um, he would be Man Mountain Gumby, Mr. Daniel Vreeland. How many home runs? 115. I tried to get for for those of you listening at home. I tried to get Jeff to to shout out Shannon Stewart and dedicate this episode to to Toronto Blue Jay. Great, Shannon Stewart. Um, you know, don't play think a little. Joe Rogan deserves it more. I don't. Um, in, <laughs> He's such a good guy, though. Although I will say this, and maybe I don't want to throw my lot in with him because obviously the things he said no. were like kind of disgusting and terrible, and maybe kind of as being too nice. Um, but like he, versus what other people have done in the past, where they've just doubled down, you know, a la the Mike yeah. Perry effect, he has come out and said he's sorry, and that like he he's glad that they took those episodes off. So like, yeah, he was yeah. the jerk who said him, but like at least. So anyway, I'm not gonna get into that. Let's talk about Hello, why former Sh- president of yours. Let Let's talk about why Shannon Stewart. I knew Shannon Stewart yes. had 115 home runs. So yes. Uh, for those who are not familiar with with the the website Cameo, uh, you can basically pay yes. uh, athletes or or actors or whatever to to send a message to one of your friends. And I learned that this website exists right ahead of a fantasy football uh, season that we had approaching a fantasy football draft. And my league, which has been going for I think it's 14 years now, uh, with the same 10 guys, has three people who have never won a championship. Uh, seven of us have the other three we continuously rag on who have not won championships. So I wanted to send a cameo once I learned about this site to somebody who would rib that guy for me. And the cheapest one I could find was Shannon Stewart, which was like, he was like 12 bucks. He'll send a tear. Yeah, it was, it was nothing. I was, it was less than 20. It might've been, you know, like 18 bucks or something, but it was like less than $20. Cause at first I was like, yeah, I ain't paying a hundred dollars to send him something from like, you know, a famous quarterback or something like that. So I just like basically went diving for the cheapest one and Shannon Stewart was less than 20 bucks. So I had Shannon Stewart send him a message insulting him saying, what, you know, how have you not won a fantasy football championship yet? And part of his message was, you mean to tell me I wasn't much of a power hitter and I could still manage 115 home runs and you couldn't manage one fantasy football championship. And it was, the most brilliantly put together thing. And I will never forget the amount of home runs that Shannon Stewart hit as a result. Well, there you go. So that there's, that's what you get in this podcast. You get stories about Shannon Stewart. <laughs> Shannon Stewart's the same age as I am. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was that old. Poor guy. He's actually older than me by a few, a few months. Does he have Poor, more home runs than you do career? He has more home runs than me. Yes. Uh, wow. Yes. How about you? But you're the man? same age though. huh? Yes. <laughs> I know. I should. I had. I had. Oh, he, he's a half a year older than me. So. Oh, so you got some time. Had, uh, you got some time. Yeah, I still have some time. <laughs> I, I had to get 115 more home runs since then. <laughs> Did you know he finished fourth in American League MVP, MVP voting in 2003? Wow. That's such I a did. wild stat. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea he did that good. Fourth Holy. in MVP voting in 03? Yeah. Yeah. Weird, yeah, right? That's- that's wild. Also, look at the names in front of him that year, because now I'm on that page too. Baseball reference rocks. Um, yes, it does. He, he, he lagged behind Alex Rodriguez, Carlos Delgado, and Jorge Posada, but finished ahead yep. of Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, and Nomar Garcia Barra. That's a wild list of people he beat out. People thought he was better than David Ortiz for a year. There you go. <laughs> you never know what's possible, Dan. Um, but this isn't a Shannon Stewart podcast, is it? 
it should be. <laughs> it should, that's usually the answer. Usually it's like it could be or it should, yeah, okay. That's the new next spinoff episode is the Shannon Stewart. Um, we're going to do a Shannon Stewart episode. Cause maybe, that, thing is, maybe that's the name of this episode, the Shannon Stewart experience. It could be. <laughs> hey, hey, SGPN has a, uh, has a USFL podcast. Why not a Shannon Stewart podcast? Is that that much different than USFL? Come on. I think I think there's probably equal amount of things to to bet on, and we we could yep. probably just call up the bosses, get it going. There you go, there you go. So hopefully, I'm hoping this is no one's first time listening to this uh, <laughs> this podcast because because they're gone by now for sure. But anyhow, um, any new? Uh, I was going to say, is there any ridiculous things we need to speak of before we get into the uh, USC 271? But I think we got that checked off the list. Now, is there any actual news? I don't. I have nothing that I can think of that needs to be discussed or dissected. Anything so kinda, come across yeah, your desk? I got one. You know, and I, I saw it come across Twitter a little while ago, and and it seems to have a development. Which is, at first, I was very excited about the uh, the announcement that happened. Um, it was that Israel Adesanya has just signed a massive extension with the right. UFC. Um, yep. Aaron, Aaron Bronstetter, who I'm pretty sure is another Canadian dude. Uh, it seems like he MMA, is. MMA media's got a lot of Canadian dudes, huh? He used to write for the very first site I wrote for, hoop, hooplife.ca. Nice. I, I, I brought him aboard as, what a move. as a writer. I was like an editor, and that was like 20 years ago. So anyway. Wow. So anyway, yeah. Aaron repeated per a press release that he got from Paradigm Sports, which is the um, management of both Israel Adesanya and the likes of like now Wonder Boy, Conor McGregor, a whole bunch of people, um, that he signed a multi-fight deal with the UFC, which will make him quote unquote one of the top paid athletes in the history of mixed martial arts. Um, which, you know, at first I I had so many questions about like, uh, is this just being released right now as like a Francis Ngannou taunt? <laughs> what do you what do you think about that? Like, do you think like in the fact that like the UFC also allowed the management team, which is like you know one of the other big management companies opposite CAA? Yeah, that's true. You know, like showing like, hey, we'll play ball with Paradigm, and Paradigm can send out the press release. Like, it just seemed very coordinated in the time. And, and granted, you know, Izzy's about to fight, and you know, maybe you know he they had a reason to want to, you know, book him to a longer deal right before this one. Maybe his deal was running down and we don't know, but it seems like the time is bad. Am I wrong? Yeah. I, I don't know about the timing, but everything else you, you say definitely is, is, is spot on. Um, yeah. The, the I, things like this don't happen by accident. Uh, they don't get released by accident. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. It has everything to do with uh, the rival agency and all that jazz too. So I, I It'd be interesting if we could actually find out how much he actually did make. Um, I'm saying, I'm telling the, like the UFC would look a heck of a lot better if they released how much their top people were making um, rather than like we find out people like, like we know uh, people off of the contender series makes 10, 10 grand to start and uh, UFC gets a lot of heat for that. But well, tell us that Izzy Adesanya is making 10 million this weekend and then maybe you'll get less heat because um, you'll, some you, you'll see that, some some of your uh, athletes are actually paid um, accordingly um, to their skill level. But anyhow, uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you say. I, I don't know if the timing really matters at all, but, yeah, it definitely uh, is is calculated for sure. Yeah, and, and so first I wanted to just celebrate it because, like, thank God we don't have to see Israel Adesanya, 
you know, as as Shockwave Dave, my other co-host, said, at least we don't have to see Israel Adesanya beg to box Jake Paul. You know, like, thank, uh, yes, thank yes. fucking God we're never going to have hopefully, to deal with that. Yeah, hopefully that's that's um, well um, well put, put to rest now. We're not going to see that in the future, yes. Right. So I, on one sense, I was like, yes, great. This feels good. Even if they are just kind of rubbing this in Francis's and CAA's face, like, who cares? At the end of the day, somebody got a good deal and it's going to make us happy and what we can see. But then, I don't know, do you follow the um, the Twitter account at UFC Roster Watch? Uh, I don't know if I follow it, but I, I get I get uh, updates from it elsewhere. So yes. Ah, so it's there. basically it's basically a bot that that yeah. just for yeah. for those of you who don't know, it's basically a bot that just tells you when the UFC's ranking system has added a new person that the ranking panelists, such as moi, uh, can vote for somebody or somebody gets taken away, which is generally a good sign that they've either been signed or been released. Um, the signings tend to get loaded in a little bit slower, usually right around their first fight. But the releases tend to come out before even, like, news of the releases come because, you know, they just get them out of that system. And almost within minutes of this release coming out about Israel making more money, the the Roster Watch webpage went nuts. It just dropped – I think they dropped eight guys in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, I saw Um, a headline that nine people got cut. I I didn't see names because it was – BJPen.com, and I don't use that as a news as a reliable news source. No, they so they, I, <laughs> they they suck right alongside a sure dog. As a matter of fact, their news is no, worse. Their sure, news sure dogs is, sure sure dogs legit, but you may not agree with with uh, some of their. Uh, <laughs> but but I I think they're actually. So news report is legit, but anyhow, go ahead. That's correct. That's correct. And in if I have to see thirty-seven <laughs> ads to get to there, it's still better than BJ Penn. You're right. Um, but yes. with that being said, uh, for those of you who are wondering who the slew of them were and don't want to have to go to BJPenn.com, uh, Mallory Martin got cut. Colin yep. Anglin, Dakota Bush, Andre Ewell, who's kind of a big one, Hu Yao yep. Zong, um, Sasha Palatnikov, Domingo Pilarte, Sean Soriano, Gaetano Perello, and of course the often mentioned on the MMA Gambling Podcast, Jordan Williams. So, uh, like, nobody super surprising, but, like, again, I don't mean to keep harping on timing, the timing feels bad, right? Like, you just talked about, you know, we just got this release that, like, oh, this guy's finally getting paid what he needs to get paid, and there's, like, well, there are the nine salaries they had to let go in order to pay him a little bit more than they previously were, right? They might have been offering him you know, a hundred grand less. And look, maybe that hundred grand just came from these 10 fighters, you know, or this 200 grand came from these 10 fighters. So the timing just feels real crappy. And, you know, I like watching some of those fighters. I liked interviewing some of those fighters. Andre Ewell is like a super nice dude. And, you know, I, I liked interviewing Jordan Williams, despite the fact I didn't usually have very much faith when it came to picking them. But uh, yeah, ultimately kind of a crazy, like two hour, like news cycle that that popped up right there, uh, somewhat just before us recording. There you go. It's all about timing. It's all about timing, as you said. So basically, everyone that got caught are only people that people who listen to the show would be uh, would know who exists, basically, right? Uh, I don't know. Like <laughs> Andre Ewell yeah, is yeah. Andre Ewell. Andre Ewell is not a not a big name fighter, Dan. But people people who generally follow the sport and aren't just straight up DJs who need to know whether or not to bet <laughs> to bet on a a fighter who we're going to talk about in a second who's 3 and 0 um yep more so than that Andre Ewell's more famous than that right like that guy's been i mean he's like a 
if you follow the sport of MMA, he's been in the UFC for a long time. Uh, he's fought big names, right? Like he he fought. Um, didn't he just fight Charles Jordan, which is a was like a fun fight. Uh, he fought Marlon Vera, he fought Nathaniel Woods, he fought former champion and beat former champion Henan Barrow. Um, like he's been in the UFC for a long, I mean, he's been in the UFC long enough to have been in a fight with Henan Barrow. So like clearly there's, he's enough there. So um, that you, I would say not all of them are just people DGNs know, but there, there are a couple of other guys in there too. Uh, this isn't an Andre Ewell podcast, though, is it, Dan? <laughs> no, it's a Shannon Stewart podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Shannon Stewart podcast. <laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, we probably should get down. We actually have a, a 15 fight card to break down, so <laughs> yeah, we, we, maybe, we, we, maybe we probably should, should stop talking around and <laughs> get to this. All right, uh, before we dive into that, let's dive into WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and New York, capital letters. Yes, New York. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Don't forget about all the props that you will be that will be available on WinBet for the Super Bowl. Yes, the Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. What's your favorite Super Bowl prop, Dan? Do you have one? Uh, I don't, but I would say I think in general passing yards overs are going to be a hot commodity here. Because where is it? I mean, it, it, it's going to be in L.A., which means warm weather. Okay, there you go. Yep. And, and you got a pair of absolute gunslingers with, like, yep. wide receivers who are having banner years, right? Like, Cooper Cup's having a crazy year. Jamar Chase is like, I mean, God, he's such a fun rookie to watch, and he's so damn fast. And that's not even to speak of Odell Beckham Jr. or, you know, the tight ends who've been having good weeks, including the backup tight end for the Rams. Kendall Blanton's been going off. So, yeah, I, I like passing overs for, for the Super Bowl. There you go. Passing overs, all your all your money. Bet your house on it, Dan says, over at Wimbledon. <laughs> the best part is you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game over at Wimbet. Be on the lookout for Wimbet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During Wimbet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on Wimbet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Sign up today. Don't hesitate. Go. To receive a special offer, bet 10 bucks, win 200 Download Bet Win. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where you play through WinBet is available. The state where you play through WinBet is available. Okay. That's what what it says. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win over at our friends at Stable Duel. All right. 
like I said, we got 15 fights. None of them knock on wood. I think this is wood. It's probably like fake wood, but I'll knock on it regardless. Knock on wood. Um, we still have 15 fights on the docket, um, and this will be the Saturday night. Naturally, UFC 271, Adesanya versus Whitaker 2, coming to you from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Um, it's kind of UFC's home away from home. They are running a lot of shows in the Toyota Center. They just did uh, Derek Lewis's um, two fights ago was was in the uh, Toyota Center. He's back there again. So, anyhow, that's this Saturday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, early prelims on ESPN Plus at, or Fight Pass. And then the regular prelims, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, ESPN2, ESPN Plus. And then the main card pay-per-view if you're in North America and probably several other places, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Are you excited about this card, Dan? I am, yeah. And, and not just, you, you know me, I, I'm not just the type of person who's really excited for a fight like this because of this ride to Sonya and, and Robert Whitaker and for Derek Lewis and Tai Tuivasa, you know, I'll get up for those fights too. But the, for me, the big ones on this are, are the so many of both my like old school fan favorites and like young guys who I think people are sleeping on. And there's like a yep. little bit of both on it, which is really fun. Yep. Um, it makes for an awesome fight card. Um, and also just like, a couple of fights where I feel like I obviously have a winner picked, um, and it was really easy, but that right. doesn't mean the fight will be any less fun to watch. Yep, true. Yeah, with 30 fighters, you're um, you're, you're going to get a wide range of, of different people on the card. Um, yeah, with only one one uh, title fight, it is, you would think it would be a, a weaker card, because usually UFC gets, gets you two, sometimes three uh, title fights, but uh, instead, I, I'd say we probably have two de facto number one contender fights possibly in the co-main event and in the third fight from the top. So, um, but then as we said last podcast, it's pretty much um, a very solid card from, from top to bottom. It's not, not top head, top heavy, like a lot of, a lot of these fight cards have been. So you said um, making picks fairly easy for you. Um, was there some that you struggled with or, or not? Was it pretty straightforward? Uh, I, it was pretty straightforward, and, and I don't know whether or not you got the jump on me and listened to the prelim, oh, which, which came out yesterday. I agreed with my co-host on literally every single fight, so uh, yes. I, it just like entrenched my feelings about everything and made me feel super good about it. So hopefully I differ from you on everything, and I can beat you 10 to nothing on the prelims. <laughs> yeah, we we can always dream. Yeah, the prelim primer I listened to this morning. Uh, it helps. <laughs> you get to helped. jump on me every time. <laughs> I got to jump on you. It, it helps solidify. There's a couple I was wavering on. It helps solidify the one and then the other. Yeah, I, I didn't agree agree with all of them, but it helps solidify uh, a couple of my picks um, that I was kind of on. But yeah, it, other than that, it was pretty. Like uh, same as you, um, pretty straightforward picking. Not saying they're all going to be right, even though I did go eleven to two last week. So hey, um, but yeah, it was it was pretty straightforward. I, I pretty much had a had the winner set in my head, and, and looking at the line didn't really change matters too much for me. So let's jump into it. Enough preamble, right? Um, we're going to start things off with a like even this opener, um, very intriguing fight. Walter Waits, Jeremiah Wells versus Mike Mathitha. But we're not going to call him Mike Mathisa. What are we going to call him, Dan? Blood Diamond. He goes by Blood Diamond. Dan tried his damnedest on the Top <laughs> Turtle Podcast a few episodes ago. It was a very good interview, uh, nonetheless. But he tried his damnedest to get Mr. Diamond, comma, Blood, to 
uh, tell him why he's named that. And the only answer he kept getting was he told him how he got the name, not why he has the name, right? Yeah, I didn't get why. <laughs> I tried very hard. You tried, I tried very hard. So smart, it, and I didn't want to be, like, mean or anything because I'm, no. I'm not. But, like, yeah, like, I just – it's frustrating. But but at the end of the day, it was a good interview. I, I really enjoyed talking yes. to him. He's a cool guy. No, it didn't seem like he was being difficult. Maybe, maybe he just wasn't understanding exactly what you were getting at. Isn't a blood diamond a bad thing, though? Isn't that, like, what they call, like, basically what the like, slave labor in, in Africa, the people who get chopped up – mining diamonds isn't that a blood diamond isn't yeah it, a bad it, thing? it is but here's so here's where i think the nickname comes from and i was hoping he would confirm it is that like so he originally comes from ah, i'm trying to remember the exact country in africa but he originally comes from africa so with that being said i assumed the idea was is that he he was raised or he was born in africa and like Lots of his family's blood, sweat, and tears brought him. He was from Zimbabwe. I looked it up. Um, lots of his family's like blood, sweat, and tears yes. and hard work moved moved him to New Zealand for a better life and to a better place. And he's that like he's the product of his family's blood, sweat, and tears and movement. I wanted that to be the story, and I wanted him to tell it, but I have no way of confirming if that's it or not. <laughs> well, uh, your favorite website, SureDog, says uh, Blood Diamond is a nickname he chose as a way to remember the violence his home country has endured over its precious stones. I Why would you look at SureDog? <laughs> no, I just – hey, they came up. Google. Google came up. Um, but I don't – I think he would have told you that, and he didn't give himself the nickname. He was just called that, right? He, he's what yeah, he told they, you. So, they, he actually look, said that – SureDog. He actually said that the nickname was given to him by Eugene yeah. Behrman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyhow, just uh, this just is another um, iron in the fire of the Dan versus Sherdog feud that's, that's going on. So. <laughs> they don't even know I exist. I don't. Think. Exactly. All right. I actually I like a couple side. of the guys who work for him. I'm just gonna. No, yeah, I, I like Sherdog like too. I, Adam Martin and Sean Sheehan both work for him oh, now, right? Yes. Or, or, yeah, they're good dudes. So. Gotta love those guys. <laughs> they're good guys. All right, let's break down this fight. Um, Jeremiah Wells versus Blood Diamond. Uh, and this one is, what did I say, welterweight? Is that correct? Yes, welterweight. Yes. All right. Uh, Mr. Diamond, uh, Blood Diamond, he is a Izzy Adesanya city kickboxing uh, type of guy, and he actually is a kickboxer. He's, a, lot of, a lot of his story is, is kind of similar to Izzy with the pro kickboxer going to city kickboxing. He's 3-0, one knockout, one submission. This will be his UFC debut. He's got two inches of height on Wells. He's two years younger, plus 185 coming back on him. Wells, 9-2-1, four knockouts, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He won his UFC debut via knockout. He's won his last three fights all via finish. He was the CFFC champ, the CES champ. Also, uh, he's got inch of reach on Mr. Diamond, um, and he's taking this fight on short notice. He's at minus 240. Um, I, I know what you're picking, so I'm going to pick first. I was surprised at the line. I'm not a real fan of the line. I'm also kind of surprised that you're going against the Hensel Gracie Philly guy, which is like Dan's in love with everyone out of Hensel Gracie Philly. I'm going to go with Jeremiah Wells. I think he's, I'm hoping he's going to fight smart and lean on that, that uh, Hensel Gracie uh, strong wrestling style um, to get the job done. Plus I just, I like the experience far more. Uh, I have a hard time uh, going all in on um, Mr. Diamond until I see more uh, out of him than, than three fights on against no one in particularly great. Wells has a pretty good resume against uh, fairly good guys in the past. So 
like I said, don't like the line, but I will take him at minus 240. Um, so a couple of small disputes there. For, first of Uh-oh. all, I actually don't think his record is very good against people. Like he, he did come out with a, a knockout win over Warley Alves last time out. Um, in yep. mostly a fight where they both wildly swung for a whole bunch of time and he didn't lean on his wrestling at all. And if you go back to his time in CES or CFFC, he's got losses to guys like Vinicius de Jesus, um, who, who like was able to stifle his wrestling and, and win a fight. And now that guy has now, uh, lost three in a row in Bellator. Um, so like, I don't know necessarily that he is an extra good wrestler. I think he, one of the problems with, uh, Jeremiah Wells is he falls in love with his striking a little bit too much. Um, and he likes to just kind of like throw wild. He's also not one of these like Henzo Gracie Philly guys that we're talking about being like a hot up and comer, right? Like we talked about, you know, we've talked about Pat Sabatini, right? Pat Sabatini is a younger guy who is coming into his own. He's only in his early 30s. You could say the same thing about Sean Brady, who's a younger guy. Um, you know, he's just coming into his own. He's only 29 um, and undefeated and on his run. We talked about Andre Petrovsky, who's another Henzo Gracie Philly guy, who, again, is just barely in his 30s and an up-and-comer. We're talking about Jeremiah Wells, a guy who's in his late 30s and has gotten kind of some ugly losses in there. And some of them have come because he, like, hasn't been able to get the wrestling going and has just, like, swung wild shots. And in his debut, it worked against Warley Alves, but he's fighting a kickboxer, a pretty damn good kickboxer. And not for anything, it seems like all the guys at City Kickboxing I've seen so far have good takedown defense, including Carl Zalberg, who we'll talk about a little bit later on. Like, the guys who we keep seeing come out of that gym are, are kickboxers, right? Kai Kara uh, France and Israel Adesanya and Carl Zalberg. But not a single one of them has difficulty in defending takedowns. So I'm kind of thinking that Blood Diamond is in that same token, and I think he's a better striker than Jeremiah Wells. So with that caveat that, sure, he could definitely go out there and be an awful wrestler, and this will look like a dumb pick, at 2-1, to one, you've got to like him at 2-1. to one. Yeah, you you got to like the plus 185 odds. Um, for the record, Wells is nine wins. Uh, his opponent's records are 62-16, and 16, so he, he's not beating up on Kant. So as for... Mr. Diamond, he beat uh, one and two, zero and zero, and four and one. So, uh, I think I'm basically just going with experience. But like I said, I, I'm not a real fan of the massive line. Plus, the short notice thing also uh, throws a wrench into things. But I'll I'll differ from Dan regardless. On the opener, should be fun. Um, should probably uh, show us a lot about about both these guys. And uh, Diamond is no um, no spring chicken either, Dan. He's what 33 already. So. Correct. Yes, he's he's a little <laughs> bit old. He's a little bit older for a guy three and zero, and also has yep. far more experience than the average three and zero guy too. Um, you know, when yep. you consider all the kickboxing. Right. Yep. Speaking of old guys, Bantamweights, Douglas Silva, Dodd, <laughs> and Draj is an old guy. He's fighting Sergey Morozov, who's not an old guy. Um, D Silva is Dion Draj's nickname. Ooh, catchy. Uh, he's twenty seven and four with one no contest, twenty knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. He's 5-4 in the UFC. We've got our first pattern of the day, Dan. Loss, <laughs> win, loss, win, loss, win. So we're talking over his last six fights, we've got loss and win. And patterns have held up 83% of the time since I started tracking the starting of the year. So <laughs> he should be – he won last fight via KO, so you know, you know what's coming next. Uh, he used to fight down – this is that lightweight, right? Yes. He used to, no, it's that bandweight. Excuse me. He used to fight up at featherweight. 
Uh, he made his debut way back in 2007. He's got an inch of height over Morozov, an inch of reach, so that's basically a wash. He's a more active striker. Uh, grappling stats also in his favor, plus 175. Morozov is 17 of five, eight knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted three times. He's 1-1 in the UFC. He won his last fight. He was the M1 champ. Uh, he used to fight in M1 Global. Uh, he made his debut way back in 2008, so he, he's been around for quite a while also, but he's four years younger than DeAndrage. Uh, striking stats are in, in his favor. He's at minus 225. Your turn first. I'm going to take Morozov. Um, you know, not for anything. I think I picked against uh, Douglas Silva DeAndrage against Gaetano Perello, which wound up being an awful pick because Perello, as we mentioned at the top of the show, is no longer with the UFC. Um but the right. reason I did that is if you went the fight before that, and we are on the back-and-forth pattern here with Dan Drudge, yep. he looked really slow against Lerone Murphy. Like, really yep. slow. Um, and, yep. you know, if if you go back a fight before that, he fought Hennon Brown and won. But, yeah, like he fought the aforementioned Hennon Brown and won. So against a guy who looks really talented, and, and Lerone Murphy can mix it up. He can do a whole lot of things. He looked really slow and really bad, and, and Morozov is a guy who I think can do a lot of things. You know, you mentioned the striking stats look good for him. If you watch any of that time, he was in M1 Global. Really great body locks, really great takedowns that way. He beat tough veteran uh, Josh Rittenhouse, defended his title against that guy, who's tough his nails and was a you know a journeyman in his own right. His only loss in M1 Global was to Movsar Evloev. Um, so, like, he's got a really great record, really good body lock takedowns. I think the fact that Dan Draj, like, most likely is going to be slow here is going to wind up with him in the clinch, getting taken down. I don't think he's going to sub him off of his back, so I'm just going to go with Morozov here, probably grinding out a decision. Yeah, I agree. Morozov is the pick, more well-rounded, younger. Um, and like you said, Dan Draj looks like his, despite his his last uh, performance, looks like... Um, his best days were in the rear view, uh, plus pattern. He, you can't go against the pattern. Uh, um, moving on to middleweight, AJ Dobson versus Jacob Malkin, Malkoon, excuse me. Uh, Malkoon is Mamba. Dobson, AJ is a nickname. Cause what's his first name? Do you know his first name, Dan? I did. Is it Anthony? No, it's like Athlone or something. Oh, A-T-H-E-L-O-N-E or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that now. Something like that. Something like that. All right, let's tell you about Mamba first, Malcoon. Uh, five and one with two knockouts. He's been knocked out once, so his only loss can be a knockout. One and one in the UFC. He won his last fight after dropping his debut. Three years younger than Dobson, plus 100. Dobson will be making his UFC debut here. So he's 6-0 with one no contest. He's got three knockouts, two submissions. He got his way in via the Contender Series where he won his fight. He's won five straight fights. Um, he's four inches taller than Malcoon, three inches of reach. Um, now, take these stats with the grain of salt because he's only fought once under in the UFC cage on the Contender Series, but he's uh, striking stats are in his favor, plus he's five times more active striking than Malcone, uh, plus grappling stats in his favor, minus 125. I will take Dobson in this one. Um, I think this is a good debut matchup for him, and he gets the job done. Yeah, so, uh, you know, th- this was one of the tougher ones for me. And, and if you liked Malkin, you, you probably – what was the number you just gave me on Malkin for this Plus, fight? Uh, even money. Even money, even. yeah. And if, if you had gotten him way earlier in the week, he was posted as high as 145. Um, when I started tracking it, it was at plus 130, and I'm like, oh, that's going down. Um, and then it's just continued to go down and down and down. So the money's clearly coming in on Malkin. So if, if you liked him, uh, you missed your chance to bet on him, really, because – uh, I liked him when I saw plus money. Yeah. A little bit less high on him now at at you know even money, 
But I will say I'm still taking him here because I think I think people are really underrating him based on his debut. He got knocked out in like 16 seconds by Phil Hawes. Um, and, and everybody was like, oh, this guy is just here because he's Robert Whitaker's friend. But then he proceeded to absolutely grind out Abdul Razak Al-Hassan in, in like impressive fashion. His grappling looked great. And A.J. Dobson's a guy who I've kind of seen as is gotten away with like maybe some sloppy technique once in a while because he is super athletic and very strong and young. And I think the the better technique from Melkin here is probably going to take him out. Plus, you know, not for anything, Jacob Melkin is an Abu Dhabi qualifier in grappling. So to be fighting a guy who I think is going to want to try to grapple him, I don't think that's going to go well. So, again, I like the plus money here. I'm going to go with Melkin. That's my second pick different than you and you're going all chalky so uh yeah let's let's rack rack in the wow. money with Malkin. <laughs> yeah no kidding i don't know yeah this is probably a fight i'm going to uh, definitely this one's not going to show up in my my recommended plays at the end because it's as you can tell by by the the line it's it's a, a tough one to pick um all right before we move on let me tell you about ip vanish did you know that browser down using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy. That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPM N, excuse me, to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish Makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan to our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like you do nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotion code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All these ads making me spell. It's difficult. Um, let's tell you about Thrive Fantasy, too. I'm on a roll here. Thrive Fantasy sponsors us as well so you can come up and prop up on thrive fantasy for the big game thrive fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props with thrive you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup for the Bengals versus rams each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool thrive has a hundred thousand dollar that's right. $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game. That is $25 to enter. First place takes home $20,000. More than Dan makes for an episode of this podcast. Slightly. Barely. Not barely, barely. Very barely. Barely, yeah. <laughs> Use promo code SGP when you sign up today, and you will receive 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Deposit $10 or more to receive the deposit match, plus two free $100,000 contest entries. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting the website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sad thing is people who say these abhorrent things we speak of at the starting of the podcast probably make well more than that per per podcast. But anyhow, we're not going to stoop to those levels, Dan. We're going to keep talking about Shannon Stewart instead. 
right? <laughs> yeah. Taking in trouble, talk about Shannon. Shannon Stewart will never get you in trouble. This is a Shannon All Stewart right, podcast, right? This is light heavyweights. Carlos Alberg, who Dan mentioned earlier, versus Fabio Charant. Um, Alberg, Black Jag, so versus the Water Buffalo. So who wins in a fight? Black is it Jag for Jaguar? I'm guessing maybe. I we'll I I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> Jaguar versus Water Buffalo. Who wins in a fight? Jaguar. <laughs> yes, uh, ja- Jaguar, Black Jaguar, Car versus Water Buffalo in a fight. Ja- oh, the car versus the water buffalo? Uh, the car, yes. yes. I, I, yes. I think maybe nobody wins that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Everyone's a loser in that one. It's true. All right, let's tell you about the man known as the water buffalo, Fabio Charant. Seven, do you know why he's called that, Dan? I think, has he been on your podcast? Hmm. No. I, had, I don't know. I haven't had either of these two on. I've had, a, I've had a couple okay. of the previous ones on, but n- none of these ones yet, so... I don't ask anymore because the curse doesn't exist, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about Fabio Chorant. He's 7-3, five submissions, been knocked out twice and submitted once. So all of his losses have come to a finish. Um, when it comes time for picking props, you got to keep this stuff in mind. Uh, he's 0-2 in the UFC, both via finish. Like I just said, all he does is get the finish. He was 0-1 in the Contender Series. He was the LFA champ. Four years younger than Alberg, plus 185. Uh, Alberg, 3-1, two knockouts. 1-0. Uh, sorry, he's been knocked out once, and that was in his UFC debut. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. Used to fight at heavyweight. This one is at light heavyweight. Made his debut in 2011, and then took seven years off, um, and now is back. Do you know the story behind that? Should I know the story? I can't remember. I believe it was just to spend more time uh, in the kickboxing realm. Yeah, like he had, okay. he had planned on uh, doing kickboxing. He did an MMA debut and was like, I don't know, kickboxing time. And then he uh, eventually made his way back. It's kickboxing time. Is that what you said? It's that's kickboxing what, that's, that's, time. I, I think that's what they say at the beginning of kickboxing matches. Granted, uh, I don't watch very much kickboxing. <laughs> that is another good name for this uh, this uh, podcast, possibly. Um, anyhow, he got three inches of height on Shrunt, three inches of reach. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's seven and a half times more active striking, but well, it's based on two fights or three fights for Sharant, so it could be worth something. Grappling stats also in his favor, minus 240. Uh, it's over to you, I believe. Um, yes, it is over to me. I'm going to take Carlos Alberg. Um, I like Carlos Alberg in this one for a number of different reasons. Uh, the first one being, I really just don't trust Sharant on the feet. Um, you know, like he, he's going to want to grapple in this one. And we've kind of seen him so far in the past. He's just not had a very good ability to do that. Um, in, in like you said, it's a three-fight sample now. It's a loss to William Knight, a loss to Alonzo Menafield. And if you actually go back to his time when he was on the Contender Series, he didn't win on the Contender Series either. He was knocked out by Alexa Kamer, um, who, again, you know, not a world beater either. So I, I just don't trust his ability to get Allberg to the ground. I think he's a way worse um a way worse striker than Alberg, and I think that's pretty obvious. And also, any worries that people have about Alberg's gas tank for not getting Kennedy Zuchuku, maybe one of the most durable dudes on the whole freaking planet, out of there. Um, you know, like I think that was a learning experience. He emptied the gas tank trying to finish a guy he didn't finish, and uh, it wound up costing him a fight. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Alberg here. Alberg is the pick, and Fabio Charant will show up on that bot you talked about earlier uh, after this fight. Probably right. I, I imagine if the, you're you got on, cut. 
Yeah, if you're you're own one of the contender series and you lose three straight, including to a guy who's only got four professional fights, I, I think it's probably the time. There you go. All right, uh, Sharon's my pick too. If I, I mean, sorry, Albert's my pick too. If I didn't make that clear. Um, all right, lightweights: Alexander Hernandez versus Hanato Moicano. Hernandez is the great. Also, see him listed as the great ape. Is that a real or is someone playing? Is that real? Or I think all real or someone playing a rib. I think that's new. I I think I saw that he added ape to it. Uh, Like Alexander the Great is already being used by everybody named Alex ever. Yeah. Or like, isn't that Volkanovsky's technical nickname too? So like, I think he tried to like freshen it up by adding ape, um, which the great ape is, is that a King Kong reference? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But but the, the end of the day is I I don't know what what what's going on there. <laughs> and he he hasn't really lived up to the great nickname, so maybe he should change it to uh, the great ape. Um, Moicano is actually a nickname. It means mohawk. Is what's his? I can't remember what his real last name is. Do you remember it's, what his real last name is? Yeah, it's, Car- it's Carniero. It's it's Renato right, Carniero. Yeah, <laughs> Renato Alves Carniero. Um, all right. Let's break down this one. Uh, we'll go with Hernandez. 13-4, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Five and three in the UFC. Guess what, Dan? We got a pattern. It's another six-fight pattern. <laughs> lost win, lost win, loss, win. Um, and he wonders why. I, I just saw how then he's mad that he's fighting on the prelims. Well, maybe you shouldn't swap wins and losses of your last six fights <laughs> if you if you want to gain some momentum here. He won his last fight via knockout. Uh, he was the Hero FC champ. He used to fight down at Featherweight. Made his debut way back in 2012. Three years younger than Moicano, Mr. Mohawk, uh, plus 142. Uh, what if we call him Renato Mohawk instead of Hanato Moicano? I, the, I don't. That's the Amer- Americanized version. Renato Mohawk. I assume we could try that. I don't think he would like it. <laughs> Mr. Mohawk. So basically, when you call, if you call him Mr. Moicano, you're basically calling him Mr. Mohawk, which is kind of funny. But, anyhow, but he 15, says he's been called that since he was a toddler, too, Moicano. Really? Yeah, is that how his hair grew or something? No, uh, he he. Uh, when he was a little kid, he shaved his head into a mohawk because he thought it made him look tough. He was like seven or something like that, and uh, all the kids in his BJJ class, because of course he had been doing BJJ for like five years already at seven, um, started just calling him Moicano, Moicano, um, and he loved it and let it stick. Awesome. There you go. Well, there's actual story behind his nickname, not just like, oh, my coach just gave it to me, like Mr. Blood Diamond. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Moicano, 15-4-1, eight submissions. He's been knocked out three times, 7-4 in the UFC. He's won two of three, um, but only two of five, if that makes sense. So he's 2-1 and one and 2-3 two and three over, over his last five. He won his last fight via submission. He, he also used to fight at featherweight. Made his debut in 2010. He's two inches taller than Hernandez. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling stats in his favor. Minus 180. I'm going Moicano here. I, I don't probably more a fade on Hernandez because he hasn't really panned out. He was pretty highly thought of way back when, but like he uh, can't put a win streak together whatsoever. So Moicano's the pick at minus 180. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Moicano too. I, I actually, and I'm not fading him as much as is Hernandez as much as I am picking Moicano too. I, you know, you mentioned his record hasn't looked all that good. Man, dude, the, the strength of schedule for Moicano is one of the most underrated in MMA history, right? Like, he his last three losses are to Rafael Fiziev, who's about to main event 
um, a fight card against Rafael Dos Anjos. It's the Chan Sung Jung who's fighting for the title next, and it's against Jose Aldo. So, like, dude, his his losses are against legit dudes, and if you go, if you want to peel it one back further than that, his only other loss in the UFC is to Brian Ortega. Like, that is such a crazy list of dudes he's been fighting, and he's been subbing pretty much anybody not named that. Like, he subbed Cub Swanson and Demir Hadzovic and Jai Herbert. Like, he beat Calvin Cater. People forget he outstruck Calvin Cater, um, which is, is just an insane win. He beat Jeremy Stevens with the striking. In addition to all of that, I really like the fact that Hernando Moicano probably has a grappling advantage here, and Alexander Hernandez is a guy who gave up takedowns to Donald Cerrone, who I don't particularly think is a really great grappler. So I like Mokano here. I like him for a ton of reasons. But, um, yeah, like I, I think he's probably even underpriced at negative 180. Yeah, I, I'm not um, I'm not against that price whatsoever for him. So um, go with Mr. Mohawk and then brings us to the main event, if you want to call it, of the early prelims. Leo Mana Martinez, you can call him Mana Martinez if you like, versus Hani Lawrence, if he was from Brazil, it would be Hani Lawrence. Um, Martinez is Mana Boy, and Ronnie Lawrence is the Heat. Uh, Mana Boy is 9-2 with 8 knockouts. He's been submitted once. He's 1-0 in the UFC, uh, which is part of a three-fight winning streak for him. He was 0-1 on the Contender Series. We have a couple people here who lost the only Contender Series fight, which is, which is rare. Uh, he was the FFC champ. He's got 2 inches of height on Lawrence, 2 inches of reach, 4 years younger. He's a more active striker, plus 230. Mr. Lawrence, the Heat, 7-1 with four knockouts, never been finished in a fight. He won his UFC debut via TKO. He also won on the Contender Series. He was in Bellator, which, he, which is where he got his one loss. His striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor, minus 300. Me? No, you. Um, No, I just oh, – who screw it? Uh, it? Maybe it is. Yeah, I did. I, I did. I did mo- Oh, you did Mohawk. Um, I'm I'm gonna take yeah. Ronnie Lawrence here. Um, I the thing is, is I actually think Mana Martinez is um probably being overlooked a little bit here. I I think he is a really great talent. I think the problem here for me is that he's he's kind of a guy who relies on his grappling and wrestling. And Ronnie Lawrence is a relentless wrestler. And and granted, we haven't seen Ronnie Lawrence against somebody who wants to wrestle him quite like Mana Martinez might. But in the, the same token, like the the, I think we saw him hit twelve takedowns or some shit like that on the Contender Series, and then he followed that up with a really good performance against Vince Cachero. I, I think he probably just spams takedowns here and wins a, a decision. Um, Dana White's been really high on his athleticism. I'm less high on Ronnie Lawrence, but I do like him in this fight. Yes, I am taking Ronnie Lawrence as well. Um, he's going to bring the heat, right, Dan? He's gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna bring the heat. <laughs> he is. I I don't like that line though. I I don't think he's going to creep into my preferred plays as well. Um minus three hundred, not really interested in that. I think this fight should be closer than that on uh, at least on paper. All right. Uh let's move on to the regular prelims. But first, let's move on to tell you about prop swap. We're brought to you by Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The only thing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs is prop swapping the NFL playoffs. January was prop swaps. Prop swaps the biggest month ever as betters from across the country cash in on their Super Bowl futures. Like Joe from California, who sold a hundred dollar forty to one Bengals Super Bowl ticket for fifteen hundred bucks. Buyer got great odds, and Joe made fifteen times his money. Prop swap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free Prop Swap app today. Prop Swap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value. 
Our free activity feed stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. Loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, main card time. That's just the early prelims are, are uh, quite intriguing, but now we're going to get to the regular prelims. Light heavyweight, William Knight versus Maxim Grishin. Grishin, Maximus, Knight, Nightmare, spelled K-N-I-G-H-T. Ha, 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 so witty. All right, let's tell you about Nightmare. 11-2, nine knockouts, 3-1 and one in the UFC. He's won two straight fights. He won two fights in the contender series. He used to fight at heavyweight. He's quite a beast at light heavyweight. Uh, he was the premier FC champ. He's taken this fight on short notice. Um, which normally is, is not a good thing uh, for winning. He's four years younger than Grishin, more active striker, uh, grappling stats in his favor, plus 142. Maximus, Grishin, 31, 9 and 2, 16 knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted three times. He's 1 and 2 in the UFC, lost his last fight. He also misweighed his last fight very badly by 5.5 pounds. He was 4 0 oh, and 2 in PFL. He's actually misweighted a bunch of times, I think. Um, Looking through his history, I think he was the one that missed a bunch of weight, a bunch of times. So keep in mind, you may want to wait till weigh-ins on Friday before you make a play on this. He's got multiple uh, championships uh, across the world. He made his debut in 2008. He was 1-0 as a kickboxer professionally. Got five inches height, five inches of reach on Knight, minus 180. Um, I'm up first. I'm going to go Knight. I don't – we faded Knight a lot on this podcast. I think <laughs> those days those days have to be through. I think we got to go with Knight uh, until the wheels fall off now because he keeps um, making us lose. So I don't th- I don't think we we can ride him until the wheels come off because I think the wheels are going <laughs> to no, come off sooner not. rather than later. But I am going to ride with you on this one. I'm going to take William Knight as an underdog here. Um, I like that people call him Thick Willie because uh, it's such a good nickname. It's better than yes. Nightmare because um, yes. he's a big dude. He is. And, and like he's kind of got that Derek Lewis syndrome where he's just kind of powered out of a lot of things. But at a certain point in time there's got to be some technique behind it that we're missing because like we're overwhelmed by looking at the power and it wouldn't keep working on guys like Alonzo Menafield if there wasn't some technique too. And in addition to that, the dude throws fucking hammers, dude. Like he he does not get cheated on any punch he's ever thrown. And like you said, Maxim Grishin's been knocked out three times before in his career. He's had rough weight cuts, which we know can sometimes lead to uh, easier knockouts as well. I mean, for all those right. reasons, I, I like William Knight. Um, and I, I think I've picked him one time in his whole career, and that includes his times on contenders. I picked him to beat Fabio Chiron, but apart from that, I haven't picked him. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not. I'm now on the thick Willie uh, bandwagon. Plus, I don't think Grishin really is that great. Or at least I don't either. Yeah, that he, yeah. That he's yeah that great like, I think he's a, He's another case of the. And I don't mean to accuse this of happening all the time, but, like, I really think a lot of times people see a Russian last name and they're like, oh, that guy's going to wrestle you up. And, like, he's mostly a kickboxer, (laughs) and he did try to wrestle Dustin Jacoby and failed miserably. So, you know, do you really think he's powerful and technical enough to deal with William Knight, who's a ball of muscle? I don't. So I'm going to say William Knight lands that big bomb. William Knight could one of, uh, he could become a mascot for our podcast if he pulls this one out because uh, yeah it's been kind of improbable um, his rise all right moving on flyweights former title 
contender, challenger, actually, will make that. Alex the Perez next, versus The next three Matt have all been in title Sheen. fights, too. The next three fights have fighters who have been in title fights. <laughs> That's true, yeah. This is uh, this is the stack. So we got Alex Perez versus Matt Schnell. Sometimes he's listed as Matthew Schnell. No, I, I see him listed as his all three names, like the serial killer thing again, right? He's listed as Matthew Christopher Schnell for some reason, but we're going to call him Matt to, to save time. Um what can I tell you about these two? They're flyweights. I told you that. Chanel's nickname is Danger. Um, he is 15-6, two knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once. He's 5-3 and three with one no contest in the UFC. His last three fights, he's had a uh, variety of things. A grab bag. One win, one loss, one no contest. Our last fight was a no contest. It originally was a win, but he failed for some having something in his system that he wasn't supposed to have. It wasn't weed, I don't think, either, right? I think it was performance enhancing. Do you know anything about that? I don't not? remember specifically. Well, we'll say it was. I'm gonna. I'm going to. Um, I'm gonna say it was, regardless. So hopefully he doesn't sue me. Um, what can I tell you? He was on the Ultimate Fighter, Dan's favorite show on TV, where he went one on one. Used to fight Bantamweight. He made his debut in 2012. He's two inches taller than Perez, five inches of reach on him, plus 290. All right. Perez, uh, 24 and 6, five knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted four times. He's 6 and 2 in the UFC. He's 3 and 1 over his last four. He lost his last fight, which was back in November 2020, and that was for the championship against the Vicente Figueiredo. Uh, he was 1 0 in the Contender Series. He has had uh, weight cutting issues in the past, something to keep in mind here. Uh, he did used to fight up a weight class as well, ban weight. He was the Tachi Palace Fights champ. He made his debut back in 2011. He's two years younger than Schnell. Striking inactive, striking stats in favor, grappling stats in his favor. Basically, all the stats I track are in his favor against Schnell. Minus 400. You. It's my turn. I'm going to take Matt Schnell. It's you. Um, or, uh, really? Uh, Al- no, I'm going to take Alex Perez. Sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. You, you threw me off because I thought it was your turn to pick again. I keep thinking it's your turn to pick. Um, I'm taking Alex Perez in this one. Matt Schnell, uh, he's fallen in love with his striking kind of a lot lately, and Really, the basis of what made him good was he's a really good grappler, particularly off of his back. Um, the problem is here, if he strikes, I think he loses to Alex Perez. I think he gets his leg chewed up by leg kicks. If he does choose to wrestle, I don't think he gets Alex Perez down. If Alex Perez chooses to wrestle, I think he gets Matt Schnell down pretty much at ease. Um, and I think he avoids the takedowns pretty uh, – or the, the submission attempts pretty easily. So, yeah, I, I like Alex Perez here. I, I think he grinds out a decision. As do I, and I think he's more well-rounded. He's basically good everywhere, Alex Perez, which is why he got a title shot, I guess, right? That's that's it right there. <laughs> that's, that's how it works. All right, moving on. Now, um, the next fight, uh, one of Dan's favorites, Roxanne Modafferi, uh in her, she says it's a farewell fight. With her, I think I, I think I kind of believe it. Um, yeah, she's also getting fight. married, which is, I think, part uh, of it, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Women, and she's been around for a buttload of time, anyhow, for a buttload of fights, too, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Women's flyweight, Roxanne Marafari versus Casey O'Neill. I would, you don't, you don't hate Casey O'Neill, do you? I think, I think you should, but I don't think you do. I think she Why do you think I should hate Casey O'Neill? Well, first of all, you hate fighters that are cuter than you. That's one thing you really hate. <laughs> I, Casey I O'Neill is cuter than, than me? Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, and she's young, got a lot of hype behind her, and she's fighting one of your favorites, so I, I figured you you would be uh, anti-Casey O'Neill, but she's actually fun. She's not like that other person that you hate at Flyweight, so. Yeah, she goes out and finishes real tough people to be. Like exactly. Like Antonita Shevchenko. Exactly. <laughs> yep, there you go. All right, let's break her down. 
you haven't hated a fighter for a while, by the way, that we've um, that has fought. You, you hate people who have nothing to do with any of the fights we're talking about. <laughs> like Jordan Williams, you find a way to hate on Jordan Williams. God, I don't we hate him either. I love, that you, I love Jordan I Williams. We haven't come across anyone that you hated for a while, have we? Are you getting nicer, Dan, or have, is it just a uh, coincidence? Nah, maybe I'm just taking all the hate out in my real life. <laughs> there you go. Good. That's what children are for, Dan. Um, all right. Roxanne Modafari, no hate here. She's a happy warrior. Uh, 25 and 19. So this is fight. What's what's the math there? Four, forty-five. This is fight 45. That's, that's a good round number to end on, right? It's not really a round number, but a good Good she, number she, counts her, she counts her fights on uh, the Ultimate Fighter too, which uh, and then okay, like so I think she had one five fights. I think yeah, and that that brings her to an even fifty. Oh, nice. All right, hey, Roxy, she's a legend. She can do any kind of math that she wants. It's fine by me. Um, four knockouts, five submissions. She's been knocked out once, submitted three times, so she's only been finished four times in fifty fights. Or actually, I don't know if she got stopped in the tough house. She probably did. Um, Four and seven in the UFC. Hasn't quite gone as planned for her. Uh, she's lost her last two, and she's only won one of her last four. Like I said, she was in the Ultimate Fighter twice, where she went three and two. She was in Victa, where she went five and two. She was in Strike Force, where she went 0 oh and two. Uh, she used to fight at 135, 145. I see her with some lightweight, but I don't know. If, do you know if she fought at 155? or was I'm, that, I'm like, almost positive she did way back okay. in the day. <laughs> yeah, probably she fought. Yeah, I'm not sure if the weight classes were different way back then. Uh, a lot of a lot of times they had different names. Um, anyhow, she had multiple championships on her record. None in she doesn't have any major promotion um, titles though, unfortunately. Uh, she also was a karate champion, uh, a grappling champion. Made her debut in 2003, so she's a real legend, a uh, pioneer of women's MMA. Uh, she's in shallower than Casey O'Neill, plus 290. King Casey, eight and three knockouts, two submissions. She won. She's won all three of her UFC fights all via finish. Uh, she was the EMMA champ. What do you think of that promotion name, EMMA? I, yeah, I don't know anything about EMMA. So what, you, you oh, is it Eternal? Anything about, is it no, Eternal? I, I just, oh, maybe. I just I thought the spelling might bring something to mind. But no, never I, mind. I think, I think, she, was an, I think she was an Eternal MMA champ, which is a New Zealand promotion, because she's um, while she's Scottish, right. I knew she fought in New Zealand in Australia for a bunch of times. Yes. But EMMA doesn't spell anything in your world, Dan? <laughs> it does, but you, you just you – Okay, well, I'm just checking. All right. <laughs> God. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like pulling teeth with this guy. Um, she used to fight a straw weight. She's 15 years younger than uh, Roxanne Matavari. Striking stats in her favor, and she's almost two times more active striking. Grappling stats in her favor. Minus 400. Um, yeah, I'm firmly on the King Casey train. Uh, I will be taking her here. Yeah, I think she's the real deal. Um, you know, like yep. I, she's not even like probably one of my best like three or four prospects at flyweight right now. Um, with you know all that's out there between Manal Firo and in Aaron Blanchfield and the likes, you know, Macy but, Barber. God, shut up about Macy Barber. Um, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, yeah, like Roxanne is the type of person who needs to have some sort of physical advantage over you because she is very technical in her takedown abilities, but generally is like lagged behind in the physical nature of things for a really long time. She was able to beat Macy Barber because Macy Barber is pretty much just strength and nothing else, whereas Casey O'Neill And she got hurt. Yeah, you can play that if you want. She was already losing. Um <laughs> <laughs> she's already let me grab the mic and tell fight. you about it yeah let, let her make, make sure she gets a post-fight interview after getting 30 27 to buy an old lady um 
So, uh, Casey, I, I, see, you got me, Hayden. Um, Casey O'Neill, <laughs> I think, is actually both good at jujitsu and takedowns and all of that kind of stuff and is physically stronger than Roxy. So I'm going Casey O'Neill here. Um, I think Roxy's probably game enough to survive, but maybe not. Casey O'Neill's so good. Yep, she is. All right, um, now we're going to move on to a man crush of Dan's. The, <laughs> yeah. Andre, maybe the, maybe the man crush, capital T-H-E-E, man crush, Andre Arlovsky, uh in the heavyweight fight against Jerick Vandera, who is not a man crush of Dan's. Who, despite being on the Top Turtle podcast, Dan hasn't been too kind to him on this on this podcast. So um, he was an interesting he was an interesting one that you interviewed, wasn't he? He, he sure if was. I remember correctly. <laughs> he sure okay. was. We'll leave it at that. All right. Um, Arlovsky's the pit bull. Vandera, we'll call him interesting. Will be his nickname. He's twelve and six, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. He's won two in the UFC. He's got a loss win loss over his uh, UFC career. He lost via TKO his last fight. He was 1-0 on the Contender Series. He, he's an inch taller than Orlovsky. Based on the last weigh-ins, he was 20 pounds heavier, 3 inches of reach, 13 years younger. So all that stuff is in his favor. He's more active striker, plus 125. All right, what can I tell you about the pit bull? 32-20 with two no contests. He's uh, <laughs> won 17 fights via knockout, three via submission. He's been knocked out 11 times in his career and submitted twice. He's gone 21-14-1 in the UFC. He was the uh, heavyweight champ way back in the uh, prehistoric days of the promotion. He's, uh, however, he's still going strong. Listen to this. He's won two straight and four of five. Um, however, last time he's finished the fight was back in 2015. Um, finished a win um, was back in 2015. He went 2-1 in World Series of Fighting, 0-3 in Strike Force. made his debut in 1999. He is the Sambo champion. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 150, and it's your turn. Now you got me confused. I think it's your turn. I'm going with Arlovsky, both because, like you said, uh, I'm always going Arlovsky, but also because of this. Jared Vandera is a guy who, you know, like what's going to beat Arlovsky at this stage of his career? The guy has turned himself into a safe point fighter who fights a kickboxing match from a distance, pumps his jab, and, and wins a decision. The only thing that's really going to beat him is, like, both really high levels of pressure and really good levels of pressure, right? Like, it can't just be pressure for pressure's sake. He dodges that and he tires you out. And it's got to be something that can cut off the angles and force him into brawls. And I don't think Verandera is good enough to strike with him, nor is he good enough to, like, turn up the pressure on him. Um, I don't think he's going to outgrapple him. You know, like, there's so many things I don't think Verandera can do against Arlovsky. The only person who's beat Arlovsky in the last five fights is Tom Aspinall. So, yeah, I'm going with Arlovsky. I'm saying he probably wins a decision here. I am going Arlovsky as well. Yeah, I, his his fighting style is going to going to win him this fight. Um, I don't think Mandera is a is a threat, um, enough of a threat to to finish him. So yeah, Arlovsky all day, every day, at least on this fight. So, all right, that wraps up. The main card. Uh, sorry, not the main card. The main prelim portion of the card. So this is going to be our longest episode ever. How long are we in now, Dan? We're about an hour in right now. We still got the main card. It's All a pretty right. quick main card, though. Okay. We do have the main card. Okay. If you say so. First, Better Fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props from the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. 
We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide in all 50 states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And speaking of SGPN, make sure you grab the SGPN app because we're giving away a $100,000 Super Bowl prop contest. So that means about five or six episodes. If someone wins five or six episodes, Dan will not be able to be on the podcast because we won't have money to pay him, right? That's about that's, that's, five that's or right. six episodes for you, I think. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, download our app. If you go $10 with the Super Bowl props, you win $100,000. Simple as that on the app. So we're, the app is now live in the App Store and Google Play. It gives you easy access to all their picks, podcasts. Um, you'll know when this podcast drops. If you haven't, for some reason, subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed. You definitely should, so you can get this in your ears right away. But uh, the app will also tell you when a new podcast drops. Um, it, grab uh, grab the app, win $100,000 right out of Dan's pocket. And uh, Toss us an app review if you can. And actually, give it, while you're at it, if you're out giving reviews, give us a review on our podcast, the MMA Gambling Podcast. We got a nice review from someone in Great Britain the other day because we are worldwide. So um, do all that stuff I just told you to do. All right? Thanks. Be a buddy. All right. Main card time. We started off with lightweights. Bobby Green. We got another king. Uh-oh. King Casey and King Bobby. I just realized that. They have two, they have the same nickname. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, versus Nazareth Hakpara. Is the uh, opener on the May card at lightweights? Hackbrass, 13 and 4, 9 knockouts. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 5 and 3 in the UFC. He's uh, only won two out of his last four, though. He's gone 2 and 2. He lost his last fight. Uh, he used to fight at Welchweight. He's got an inch reach on Green, 9 years younger, plus 120. Uh, the King, Bobby Green, 28, 12 and 1, 10 knockouts, 8 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. 9-7-1 in the UFC. He's 1-2 over his last three. However, he won his last fight via TKO over Al Ayakinta. He was 4-1 in strike force. He's got multiple regional championships on his resume. He used to also used to fight at welterweight. Made his debut way back in 2008. He's a more active striker. Uh, better grappling stats, minus 150. Uh, Maybe crazy. Hackfrost was actually a pretty highly touted prospect um, back in the day. Um kind of surprised that Green's the favorite here. I'm going to go Bobby Green, though. I think uh, kind of like Arlowski, his style, his the safe style that he fights, I think he can get himself a, a, a decision victory here. I also think if he chooses to wrestle, he wins this fight super right. easy. Like, I, I think he yep. might not necessarily right out the gate, but, like, as a backup plan that's in his pocket, I think Bobby Green could wrestle the shit out of Nazareth Hawkfrost and beat him. Because, remember, Hawkfrost is a guy who gave up a bunch of takedowns to Dan Hooker, right? That's why we were impressed with Dan Hooker's wrestling, because suddenly he was out wrestling Nazareth Hawkfrost. And, yeah, then he got demolished yeah. by Islam Makashev, which maybe doesn't tell us anything. But Hawkfrost giving up takedowns to Dan Hooker, uh, who's now back at being at featherweight, uh, I think he'd give up 100 if Bobby Green wanted him. So, I mean, I think Bobby Green also has got a better volume style. I, I, do people forget that Bobby Green went 15 hard minutes with Raphael Fiziev and outlanded him? Now, granted, didn't land the harder shots, but landed more punches than Raphael Fiziev's, which is insane that anybody traded with that man and didn't get knocked out. So, yeah, I, I mean, like, if, if Fiziev's not knocking Bobby Green out, neither is Hakparas, so... You, you have to think Hawk Paras would have to win a decision somehow, and I'm just not sure how he does that. 
Yeah, um, kind of crazy. Twenty twenty two, we're picking Bobby Green and Andre Alaski to win in back to back fights. Wild, right? And we com- contemplated saying that that Roxanne Modafari's odds look nice. <laughs> yes, there you go. It's true. All right, moving on to bantamweight. Tyler Phillips versus Velo Rojo. Uh, Phillips is Matrix, but he's basically the ultimate bro because I heard him on Top Turtle also. Um, Rojo was <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> uh, a long, it was a long time ago. Uh, uh, Rojo, 16 to 7, 8 knockouts, 6 submissions. He's a finisher for a Bantamweight. Um, he's been knocked out once, submitted four times. So not a lot of fights go, go to the distance with him. He's only won the UFC. He made his debut back in 2011. He's at plus 290. Um, Phillips, nine and two, five knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. Three and one in the UFC. He lost his last fight. He's one and oh in the contender series. He's got an inch of reach on Rojo, seven years younger. Striking stats in favor, grappling stats in his favor, minus 400. Over to you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with Kyler Phillips here. Um, and kind of for a weird reason. So Rojo really wants to turn this into a brawl. Um, you know, like that, that's his style. He likes every single fight to be a brawl. And Kyler Phillips has shown that he is actually a very talented wrestler. Um, despite the fact that he's kind of known for his flashy striking and his spinning stuff, like, he he wrestled Song Yadong and, and did very well doing it. So, I mean, for for that alone, again, I don't mean to just keep harping on the wrestling here, but, like, Rojo is going to give up those takedowns to Kyler Phillips, and I'm not even sure he's going to win the striking. So I, I'm going to go with Kyler Phillips here. As am I, Kyler Phillips. I think he's probably better everywhere. In this fight, plus he's he's much younger, which matters at especially matters at, at the uh, lighter weight classes. So, Phillips is the um, is the pick. Hopefully, he got his prospect loss out of the way last fight. So, all right, uh, middleweight. So, what could be a number one contender fight? Um, we've got Jared Cannonier versus Derek Brunson. Jared Cannonier is the killer gorilla. Brunson has no nickname. I'm going to name him the Natural after the Natural Butch Reed, who was well before uh, my millennial co-host at the time watching wrestling, but he, he had uh, bleach blonde hair as well. Um, all right, Derek Brunson, 23-7, 12 knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out himself five times. He's 14-5 and five in the UFC. He's won five straight fights. His last loss actually came to Israel Adesanya back in 2018. He also was in strike force. We've got a lot of strike force people on this card. He was 3-1 strike force. He was a wrestling All-American. Uh, he made his debut in 2010. He's two inches taller than Cannoneer. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 140. Cannoneer, the killer gorilla, 14-5, nine knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice himself. He's 7-5 in the UFC. He's won four out of his last five, including his last fight. He used to fight up at light heavyweight and heavyweight. He was the AFC champ in uh, Alaska. He made his debut in 2011. Striking stats in the favor, minus 175. I'm going to take the dog here. Um, I really like uh, how Brunson's been fighting recently. I like he, he's far more like – he's one of those guys who's totally changed his style, kind of like Arlovsky. Um He used to be pretty wild and get himself knocked out. That's not happening anymore. He really relies on, on grinding out wins and, and being safe. While Kananir, his wrestling, um, he seems to have fixed his wrestling with the drop down to middleweight. Um he had uh, pretty poor wrestling defense at the higher weight classes. I still think Brunson's combo of wrestling and and he is a pretty powerful puncher. I, I like those two um, to get him the win here and, and get me some plus 140 money. So let's go with the dog here. You know, you stole pretty much everything I was going to say. Exactly. Yes. Like literally stole the words out of my mouth. I, I think he's he's going to mix it up better. I think he looks better wrestling lately. I think, yeah, Cannoneer has looked good taking him to – 
defending takedowns, but he's not facing a wrestler like Brunson. Um, I'll also just throw in there that that big turnaround has a reason around it. It was a move to Sanford MMA. Since then, he's gone right. back to right. his roots of being a great wrestler, not relying on his hands to try to beat Israel Adesanya, which is a crazy game plan. Instead, he's gone back to focus on the wrestling and then using that to set up the hands. I think it's a brilliant move. He's looked really great. Can I just add this real quick? And I know we're we're running long on time here. Does anybody no, want Does anybody want a title shot at 185? Because did you hear what he said today at Media Day? <laughs> no, no. He what? said he he said he's only got two fights left, no matter what. Even if you gave him a title shot uh, after this and he won, he wouldn't defend it. He would retire. So like. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you trying not to get the title shot that Sean Strickland just said he didn't want either? Like, who who wants to fight? This division is killing me. It's killing me. It's killing you. Why, um, like, did you not just read the press release about Adesanya's massive contract? Like, that could be you if, if you're the champ. Like, but, hey, whatever. Yeah, that's strange. I didn't hear that, but that's fine. It's infuriating. <laughs> it is. Interesting, yeah. Interesting. Uh, if he's looking for a title shot, that's an interesting uh, way to go about it. So, all right. Heavyweights are in our co-main event. This should be a fun one. A couple uh, fan favorites. I think safe to say they're a couple of our favorites too, right? Correct, yeah. Correct. You like uh, – you, you seem not to be totally all – Playing on Derek Lewis, though. Do you like Derek Lewis? Truly, I, I like, truly Derek, like Derek. I Lewis? like Derek Lewis. I'm just, I'm definitely less crazy about him than everybody else is, for sure. <laughs> I just think he's hilarious and and fun. Um, all right. He threw his cup he's into the stands. Did you know that? I bet you. <laughs> yeah. And there's talk of doing a shoey out of his cup. So, Ugh. regardless of who wins, there's talk of, of that happening, which could be, um, yeah, lucky it's on pay per view, I guess, right? That's yeah. I mean, you, you can't have that on regular TV. Come on. Thank God they're gonna let them get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's the Black Beast. Uh, tweet. I'm not. I didn't give him that name. Don't try to cancel me. He he says his nickname's the Black Beast. All right. Um, Tui Vasa is Bam Bam or Shui Vasa, which is actually uh, the proper nickname now is Shui Vasa for him. Let's tell you about him first. He is 13 and three with 12 knockouts. Um, he's been knocked out once, submitted once in his career. It's a, it's, I'm always surprised when I see he's only lost three times because like, but there were like three in a row right before, and then he kind of got cut, right? I think. Correct. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of us wrote him off because of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Wrongfully so, I guess you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You would. You would. I would have thought he had more losses, but he he doesn't. So anyhow, thirteen three, twelve knockouts. He's been knocked out once, submitted once, seven and three in the UFC. He's on four straight fights, all via a form of knockout or TKO. He was the AFC champ, but not the Alaska AFC, the Australian AFC. He was five and two as a pro boxer. Um, he also was a pro kickboxer. He's eight years younger than Lewis. Striking stats in his favor, and he's almost two times more active striking, plus one fifty. Lewis, 26-8 and eight with one no contest, 21 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out five times, submitted once. 17-6 in the UFC. He's 5-1 and one over his last six. He won the KO his last fight. He's also 5-1 and one in his hometown of Houston, um, where this fight card will be taking place. He was a legacy FC champ. He was 0-1 in Bellator. 2010 debut. Inch taller than Toy Vasa, four inches of reach. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 190. You. You're right. I'm, I'm less of a fan of Derek Lewis than I am of Tai Tuivasa. I actually think Tai Tuivasa winning would be really nice for the heavyweight division and give them like a fresh face there. And 
I'm still going to pick Derek Lewis here. Um, partially because like, I think the type of people who beat Derek Lewis are the people who goad him into a long, more technical fight and stay away from the big bomb. And I think Ty Tuivasa is just too aggressive for that. He just gets after it. Um, and I think that plays negatively. Like he even got hit a little bit by Greg Hardy. Uh, you don't get a second chance to get hit like that by Derek Lewis. It's just over at that point. So I, I think Derek Lewis is going to land it sadly. And in, in not, not sadly, like I, I like Derek Lewis too, but like it would be more fun to have the fun up and comer. As I plug in my laptop. Yes, I, I agree. Derek Lewis is my pick um, in this fight as well. Um, yeah, I think Tui Voss is going to be willing to trade with him, which um, probably isn't a good idea. I, I trust Lewis's power and his chin more than, than Tui Voss, so maybe is, is what it comes down to. Um, and I think I'm going to pick him in pretty much any fight that's not a title fight at this point. So the Black <laughs> Beast is, is the pick um, at this point, which brings us to our main event for the middleweight championship, a rematch, Israel Adesanya versus Robert. Whitaker, um, Whitaker is the Reaper or Bobby Knuckles. Adesanya is the last style bender. All right, challenger first, 23 and five, nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. He's 14 and three in the UFC. He's won three straight fights. He was the champ of this division back in the day before he got knocked out by Mr. Adesanya in 2019. Uh, he also is a ultimate fighter champion. He was 2-0 in the house and then won the welterweight uh, ultimate fighter season. Uh, he also has multiple regional championships on his mantle because we've decided everyone has a mantle, every fighter at least. He also was a wrestling champion. He made his debut in 2009. He's a year younger than Adesanya, more active striker. Uh, Grappling stats in his favor, plus 220. Um, the last stab under, 21-1, 15 knockouts, never been finished in a fight. 10-1 in the UFC. He won his last fight after losing his um, foray up at light heavyweight. Um, what else? He, this, he's already defended his title three times success, successfully at middleweight. Um, what can I tell you? Yeah, he, he, he fought at light heavyweight, as I mentioned. You know, he was a pro kickboxer and a pro boxer. He knocked out Whitaker, as I said, in 2019. He's got four inches of height on Whitaker, seven inches of reach. Uh, striking stats in his favor, minus 290. Um, in rematches, I generally always go with whoever won the first fight because generally these things don't really change too much. Um, there's, there's been uh, a fair amount of time, almost three years uh, since the last fight. Whitaker seems to have be relying on his wrestling more, which which could um, help him if he's able to successfully do that this fight. But, but Adesanya's wrestling defense is pretty solid. Um, he's obviously the better striker. Uh, seven inches of reach. Whitaker is very inaccurate with his striking, which uh, Adesanya is uh, great at countering. And uh, he knocked him out. I'm not going to predict a knockout again, but I'm predicting Adesanya is uh, winning this fight once again. Yeah, I'm going to take Izzy as well. Um, I, look, I actually think wrestling Izzy is probably not going to be the right game plan. Um, like I said before, the city kickboxing guys, and especially Israel Adesanya, stuff takedowns well. I think trying to strike with him um, and getting overly aggressive is probably not good, but I think there's probably a way to pressure him, put him up against the cage, draw the right kind of strikes out of him, wear him down a little bit. 
But I think if you wrestle him, ultimately you're going to buoy his confidence in his takedown ability or takedown defense and allow him to like open up a little bit more. Um, and it's just going to make Izzy that much more dangerous. I, I like Robert Whitaker. He is by far and not even close the second best guy in this division. Much like Colby yep. Covington, though, I think he's the second best guy in this division. And there's a gap between one and two. Uh, I'm going with Israel Adesanya as well. There you go. That's the whole card. But we're not done making picks, right? No. We have our recommended plays, which we both have been doing quite well on um, thus far in 2020. Um, how it works. Uh, fake $100. We bet way more than $100 because we're degenerates. But we'll, we'll uh, in case the for the everyman listening, we'll, we'll just say we're going to bet 100 bucks, and we're going to pick some recommended plays. Uh, we can spend our 100 bucks any way we like it on as many fights as we like. And I always let Dan go first so I can try to figure out what I'm picking. So go ahead. All right. So uh, for my first play, uh, I am going to take uh, my main man, Andre Arlovsky. Um Except for I'm going to turn this one into a prop, uh, which, by the way, if you want to hear more props from me, make sure you go to SGPN and read my article on the five best prop plays on UFC 271. So this is one of my favorite ones, uh, so much so that it is in my recommended plays. I'm taking Andre Arlovsky by decision because not only do I think he's going to win uh, and I don't want to spend the negative 150 or 45 price or whatever you quoted me at earlier – but if you get him by decision, he's plus 135. Um, so you're basically going to get dog money on him. So I'm going to take 30 of my $100 and put it on Andre Arlovsky by decision. I'm, I have the same pick. Um, but, hey, I can have the same pick. Why not? Um, I like Arlovsky via decision. I think that this is a, uh, a pretty easy prop bet. Um, I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go 40 bucks on this one, uh, Arlovsky via decision. I, I like that plus 135 money because – I think he's going to win, and I think that's the only route that he wins fights anymore. So that's a, it's a pretty uh, pretty easy pick. So let's go forty bucks on that. All right, my next pick, I'm going to go with thirty five bucks. Uh, William Knight, straight up. I love the dog money on him. I think Thick Willie gets it done. How much was that? Thirty five bucks. Thirty five bucks on Thick Willie. Yep. All right, Knight. Um, all right, I got to make sure I put all this down correctly. You want? We want our lot. Arlovsky decision is what we want, and then we you just want straight up night. And what did I what did I quote that at plus one forty two? You're going for the big plus picks this week, Dan. Dan's looking to really. Well, I got I got to clean um, I got to clean up on the fact that you know before I was uh, I had a fifty fifty eight percent return on investment last week, so I got to beat that. <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. Um, let's just go. I want Casey O'Neill, but do I want? Do I think she's going to finish? Do you think she's going to finish Modafari? Is is the question? Like uh, all I, she does I, is finish people nowadays. But I personally is she don't. Going to? I I think yeah. Roxy's so fucking tough. Yeah. And O'Neill by TKO KO is plus four hundred. Hell, I'm going to a little bit on that. Let's go twenty bucks on that. Um, I, I can see her ground and pounding her herself to a win. Whether she's tough or not doesn't mean the ref's not going to stop it. So let's go 20 bucks O'Neal plus 400 to win via KO or TKO. I like that. Uh, I'm down to only 35 bucks left. Uh, I think you're down to 40. But my last 35, I'm going to stick it all on Bobby Green just straight up. Um, 
Again, seems crazy really? to big Bobby Green. I do really have a lot of faith in, in him to pull this off, off over Nazra Hakprast. Um, I mean, obviously, we both took him for a reason. So, yeah, I'm going to go Bobby Green yep. here straight up. All right, so that is minus 150, 25 bucks, right? That's uh, 30 left. All 30, right. 35. Oh, left, right? uh, yes, excuse me. I 30, went 30, 35, 35. $5. Yeah. It must have been um, – we have different currency up here, so, you know, <laughs> Canadian money and American money. It's a how, little, many, uh, how many loonies different. and toonies Our, did I use? <laughs> exactly. How many loonies and toonies, eh? All right, let's go um, – I got – let's go 20 bucks on Brunson, just outright win, uh, at the plus 140. And that leaves me with 20 more bucks. Where do I want to spend that? Where do I want um, – Let's go Derek Lewis via knockout. Uh, let me see what that number is. Um, it probably isn't that great because that's basically how Derek Lewis wins fights. Uh, um, all right, Derek Lewis via knockout. What can I get? Uh, minus 135. All right, let's go. 20 bucks. Lewis. AL minus 135. How does that sound? Yeah, I like that one too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So once again, Dan, 30 bucks. Our loss need decision plus 135. 35 bucks. Uh, William Knight plus 142, just winning outright. And then 35 bucks. Bobby Green winning outright minus 150. Um, I went very proppy this time, which isn't really my style, but uh, 40 bucks. Arlowski via decision plus 135. 20 bucks. Casey O'Neill via TKO or KO at plus 400. 20 bucks. Bronson winning outright plus 140. And then 20 bucks. Derek Lewis winning via KO, TKO minus 135. All right, uh, Superfan Jong already asked for the uh, Hungry Man Superfan Jong 10 to 1 parlay. He's already asking about it in the Slack. He's looking forward to hearing it. Do you the have hungry, one planned or do you have more props? Hungry, because he, he, uh, he yeah, eats yeah. out pretty much like every meal, every day is, is takeout, uh, according, according to the pictures we see, anyhow. But um, do you have that or do you have more sure. props you want to talk sure, about? Sure, I got you. So, no, we're, we're going to put the props to rest because I, I think you should go to the sportsgamblingpodcastnetwork.com oh, uh, and read right, my props yes. article there uh, rather than me spoiling it all for you right now. Um, how about this? It's how true. About I we, forgot all about that. I, I got a really easy parlay here for, for everybody, um, and, and I'm just going to take William Knight and all of City Kickboxing. That's going to be my parlay this week. Okay. Uh, William Knight and City Kickboxing. Uh, which revolves around Israel Adesanya, Carl Salberg, Mike Mathathea, uh, or Blood Diamond, as he is known. 13 to 1 with those four guys. Um, that's my, my hungry man, uh, super fan, Jong Parlay of the day. All right, so we got William Knight, Izzy Adesanya, um, Blood Diamond, and... Allberg. Allberg, right? All right, yep. all those guys just to win outright, and that'll get you what, 10 to 1, exactly? 13, 13 to one. What? Thirteen to one. Oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that in the SGPN Slack right now to uh, get everyone excited about that. Thirteen to one. That that's some good money. And last time you did thirteen to one, you hit it too, correct? That's correct. Yep. That's the so that's the magic a, number. That's the magic number. All right. I say it's kickboxing time now, Dan. What do you say? I say it's kickboxing time too. Let's put this one to bed. <laughs> <laughs> They should start uh, every fight in UFC fights and it's UFC time or it's, uh, it's MMA time. It would be funny. Um, all right. Put it to bed. Um, help keep me above 1,000 followers. I just realized Dan's little brother has like 
three times the followers than I have, which is <laughs> which is just embarrassing, guys. He doesn't have a podcast, does he, Dan? I don't think so. Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> Dan covers all the podcasts for the family, so follow me on uh, Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer. Follow Dan Gumby Vreeland. Um, definitely read his prop stray, which I forgot to forgot to um, hype up. Lucky he uh, did the hyping for me, but it's excellently edited, let me tell you. Um, and it is up there now. He's got five props, I believe, um, that you can play because you're a degen and you love to love to play prop. So definitely check that article out on the on the uh, should be still be on the main page. If not, go to the MMA tab on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, listen to Dan's podcast, Prelim Primer, which uh, dropped this morning, and you can listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which is dropping when tonight, tomorrow, later tonight. Yeah. And who's on it? Who's on it this week, other than you and Mr. Shockwave? Actually, two guys who I picked against, uh, which I feel kind of bad about. Uh, I'm talking with Marcelo oh, Marcelo Rojo uh, as he gets ready to fight Kyler Phillips and also Mana Martinez uh, prior to his fight with Ronnie Lawrence. There you go. Uh, don't no one, uh, no one tell these people that Dan picked against them, please. Um, all right, that's it. You want to take us home, Dan? You take us home. It's always fun trying to get you to uh, take us home and, and hope that you mess up. Sometimes you give me a game, <laughs> Dan, too, which is always fun. So go right ahead. Uh, all right, well, I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland. He is the happy warrior, Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Sunday. Neither.